At the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C., there is a room full of shoes. And on the wall, plainly visible above the top of the shoe pile, is a quote from the poet Moses Schulstein. We are the shoes. We are the last witnesses. We are shoes from grandchildren and grandfathers, from Prague, Paris, and Amsterdam. And because we are only made of fabric and leather, and not of blood and flesh, each one of us avoided the hellfire. Truly, in this room, the shoes do all the talking. Old shoes and new shoes, heels and flats, work boots, oxfords, wingtips, sandals, brown and black, white, yellow, red, blue, big shoes and small shoes, child shoes, baby shoes, all taken from their owners, taken off of their feet one last time. Some shoes, with the socks still purposefully tucked into the shoes, like you would do at the pool or the beach, fully expecting to put them back on after a little while. Now, all the shoes are together in a pile. Thousands of shoes jumbled together in a heap of rubber and leather, with an overwhelming musty odor of old leather and rubber that you can never forget. At the U.S. Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C. alone, there are a couple of truckloads of them at least, several thousand pairs of shoes, and yet, there are more where these came from, a lot more. Similar and often larger piles can be found in New York, Auschwitz, Dachau, and other Holocaust memorial sites. Nothing prepares you for this especially when you remember what the shoes represent. People, human beings, who lost their lives inhumanely in the cruelest of ways in extermination camps. Millions upon millions of human beings. The longer you stick around the shoe rooms, the more you wonder about the wearers of these shoes. What were they like? Where were they from? What did they aspire to? What were their names? Some of the shoes in the collection are quite fashionable, regardless of the many years that have passed since they were last worn. These are people who took to heart the false promises the Nazis used to lure them to certain death at extermination camps. They believed the lies that they were being relocated to places where they could rebuild their lives afresh. A closer look at the grim collection reveals that some of the shoes are just tiny baby booties, compelling reminders of the children who unknowingly walked into the gas chambers or being held in their mother's arms, paying the price of Nazi fanaticism with their innocent lives. Nobody visits these memorials, sees the shoe collections, and walks out unchanged. In their perverted agenda... Nazis confiscated the personal belongings of their victims before marching them into gas chambers to kill them en masse. The plan was to have the shoes fixed by prisoners at the camps, and then have the shoes taken back to Germany for reuse. Other sources cite the psychological abuse inflicted on prisoners by the Nazis, 
purposefully stacking piles upon piles of personal belongings in highly visible locations, reminding all prisoners that no life was valued, and they should abandon all hope. Of all the items that serve as sobering reminders of the horrifying acts of senseless killing and torture that occurred during the Holocaust, the shoes hold a special place among those who see them. The seemingly endless piles of shoes intimately illustrate all ages, genders, and class. All victims, all targets of a genocidal rage, all represented through the shoes. You might not remember all the shoes you see in the shoe rooms, but you'll never forget what you feel while looking at them. All shoes have a story. They can represent a moment or a journey, give a snapshot of a memory. I think of baby shoes I have bought as first pairs of shoes for my own children, or a pair of heels my wife got for our wedding day. My pair of cowboy boots I wore so much as a kid they had to be resold, or my first pair of baseball cleats. All these shoes have stories, and these stories have memories, memories that matter. And then, my mind comes back to the endless piles of shoes taken from Holocaust victims. Each of these shoes has a story as well, and these stories are part of memories, some that have been forgotten, but all are memories that matter nonetheless, and that should at least remind us each of the importance of being kind and trying hard to be good people. Memories that teach us of our individual and collective responsibility to protect, to prevent evil, to give voice to the voiceless, and our responsibility to act, to never be silent or indifferent in the face of evil. To quote Martin Niemöller, First they came for the communists, and I did not speak out because I was not a communist. Then they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak out for me.